Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 169 of the Box Hard Podcast. I am your host Joey Coastman. I'm joined by nobody this week. It is just me. I'm on my own. Um, you know, last week's show it was it was like a New Year's Eve kind of theme. We brought you Hassim Rackman. He told a fantastic story about his entire career. And we ended it with a nice little story that I told about Spike O'Sullivan and Spike Sullivan. And I've had some great feedback on that. So um, thank you all for listening listening to that last week um the week before that of course we had the christmas special but this week i mean we couldn't carry on dragging on these festive celebratory podcasts it is just a regular kind of week the only problem is it's going to be a bit different once again there's not too much boxing to go over it means it's going to be a pretty short show this week and there's only one guest which is the same as last week but this week's guest is um, a guy that hasn't hung up the glove so there's there's only a few things to speak about we spoke to the guy a few months ago and of course it will be Gerald Washington um, but yeah that's 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 about it really there's nothing to review I will just go over the little bits of news before we bring in uh, guest number one and the pieces of news that I have for you is that Liam Smith has decided to sign a promotional contract with Matram Sports. He'll now be promoted by Eddie Hearn. It's a funny one because obviously all the all the Smith brothers, you know, they're all trained by Joe Gallagher. But weirdly, three of the brothers were with Eddie Hearn and one, which was Liam, um, was with Frank Warren. And for a while it seemed like it worked for him. You know, he, he actually become the quickest of all the Smith brothers to win a world title. Um, you know, since then, of course, he lost the belt. He had the big fight with Canelo and the rest of it. And yeah, he's he's decided to part ways with Frank Warren. It's been very amicable. It's been very respectful. Frank Warren sent out a nice tweet um, basically congratulating him on his career thus far and wishing him all the very best for the future. And, you know, I echo those sentiments. I think he's a real good, solid fighter, Liam Smith. He can provide many, many tests at 154. Um, perhaps, you know, it's going to be quite difficult to win a world title, but, you know, I feel like him and all of his brothers should have all been together, and three of them were, but he was the only one who, who wasn't with them, so, um... You know, it's a shame that we're not going to get all four on one card because obviously Paul Smith's retired and Stephen Smith, I'm not quite sure what's happened since that fight where his ear was hanging off. Um, Callum Smith obviously doing doing tremendous things at the moment. Um, but yeah, that's really it for that piece of news. We also saw TJ Doheny sign a promotional contract with Matram as well. Obviously, um, Doheny's the guy that went out to Japan when no one gave him a chance and he upset the odds and became the IBF World Super Bantamweight Champion. So that's quite a nice name there for Matram. Um, I'm sure that there'll be some nice fights that they can, you know, they can work out for him at Super Bantam. I'm trying to think. I'm guessing it's probably going to be 
someone like Gavin McDonnell um, if Eddie Hearn wants to give him another shot at Super Bantam. So that would be interesting should that happen. Um, I'm actually all for that fight. I, I, I quite like the sound of that, if I'm being honest. Um, and I think that's about it for the news. There hasn't been too much going on. Like I say, it's been kind of a bit of a dead period at the moment in boxing. All the other podcasts have took some time off, but we've still brought you a show each week as per usual. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. I've run out of things to say here. So that's it for part one. Just before we wrap up part one, the last thing to do is to welcome our sole guest on this week's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former heavyweight world title challenger. It is, of course, Mr. Gerald Washington. Gerald, welcome back on the show, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. So, Gerald, um, I'm not expecting this interview to last too long because we did catch up with you back in June. It was just after your win over over no fire um you know not much has happened really since then um one thing that has happened though is we get we got to see a fantastic heavyweight scrap between two of the very best in the world tyson fury and deontay wilder um i believe before the fight you predicted a wilder win how did you have it scored after the fight gerald uh it was a very close fight uh you know i was i was uh I, I said to myself, if Wilder didn't knock him out, then, then uh, Tyson Fury would win the decision. Um, but I think the two knockdowns with uh, that Deontay Wilder got over Tyson Fury made, gave him uh, gave him enough for the draw. But I, but I think I had uh, I had Tyson Fury up uh, going into the last round. Okay. Okay. And obviously, elsewhere, the other big name in, in the heavyweight division, probably the biggest name in the heavyweight division, Anthony Joshua. A lot of people over here are getting a little bit tired of him. And, you know, a lot of people, their their reason behind that is because they want to see him fight the likes of Fury or Wilder. But for whatever reason, those fights seem like they're, they're just not going to happen at the moment. It's looking like Joshua, in his, in his next fight, which will be in April, will take on Dillian White. Now, I'm not begrudging Dillian White. I think he's done some brilliant stuff. He deserves a world title shot. You can't blame him, but most boxing fans don't want to see that that Dillian White rematch. Do you understand their frustrations as well, Gerald? Yes, I understand, uh, and, and, and I give uh, Dillian White all the credit in the world, man. He's working very hard. You know, he, he has some big wins, and, and he's uh, he's worked his way back into position, so he deserves a shot. And you yourself have got another big fight coming up. It's set for the 26th of this month on the undercard of Furman versus Lopez in New York. Now, on that night, you'll take on Adam Kalnacki, a, a Polish fighter by way of Brooklyn. So this is kind of like his hometown, pretty much. What do you know about Kalnacki, Gerald? I know he comes to fight. You know, I'm kind of in a similar situation that I was when I fought Big Baby Miller. I'm uh, playing the guy from his hometown in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it this time. I, I'm I'm well prepared. Uh, I went to I went back to to the drawing board and I and I got my stuff together and, I, and I'm I'm ready for the challenge. I'm excited for the challenge. And it's fair to say that Kalnaki has got some momentum with him right now. I mean, it's it's quite easy to say that, seeing as he's still undefeated. But you know, his string of opponents recently have been pretty impressive. The knockout win against Spilka was probably his standout win, but he did go on to knock out Kiladze, and then most recently a decision win over Charles Martin. Did you watch the Charles Martin fight at all? If so, what did you think? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, you know, they were going back and forth. Uh... I think uh, Charles came on a little later. I think he could have got on him a little sooner Very and, cool. and 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 been more effective. But uh, Kanaki, you know, he, he's he's a worker. You know, he's, he he goes in and he, and he puts in the work. So 
you have to be prepared to match that and, 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 to, and to, to endure that. I agree with your assessment of that fight 100%. I think he did seem to, you know, maybe even tire Kalnaki in the later in the later rounds and then Charles Martin came on strong, but if he started a bit earlier it could have been a completely different outcome. Now, um, you know, in that fight both men did have their moments. Um, I must say, I must say Gerald, three of your last four opponents have been 6 foot 6 or taller. Now Kalnaki's only 6 foot 3, that's considered small for a heavyweight these days. Any small heavyweight that you've fought, you've beat pretty easily aside from that draw against Mansoor which I know that you're convinced you won. But what I'm basically saying is this is a fight that if you perform to your best, you should win. Kalnaki in his last two fights has weighed in about 260 or more. Uh, you, you know, if he comes in that heavy against you, I believe it's it's a big, big, big mistake on his part. Yeah, he's a he's the type of fighter that you know, but he, he uses that to to kind of impose his will and and, and keep pouring, putting that weight on you and keep pushing forward, and he keeps coming. You know what I mean? He's he's making himself, uh, you know. But but he but he is a. I mean, you got different type of fighters. You got guys like Big Baby Miller that can use the weight. You know what I mean? He's I think he's up where somewhere three hundred twenty pounds now. Where it's not, it's not about. I, I think it's about the skill. It's more about the skills. What you can do with what you have. You know what I mean? Like you can be, you can be seven foot tall, but if you don't know how to use your reach and and and, and your all your advantages, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So you have, it has, it's just a matter. Of, he knows how to use his style and he knows how to fight. You know what I mean? We definitely know he he brings it and he's a hard nosed guy and he and he comes to work. So uh, I, I got a tall task ahead of me. And you mentioned the similarities between this fight and the Big Baby Miller fight in terms of your having to go, you know, to Brooklyn to, to to take on a hometown guy. And we mentioned there about Big Baby Miller; his size is just it's just incredible. It's pretty, it's, it's inhumane almost. I mean, the, the weight that he yeah, that he's exactly. in. is this a similar style though to that, or do you do you think Kalnaki is slightly uh... different? It's slightly different. Uh, he's more he's more in your face. But you know what? I, I think it's the way that that uh, I didn't understand that style at the time. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't that that uh, that Big Baby Miller ever hurt me or anything like that. It was just a matter of me not knowing how to, not knowing what to do in that situation. And uh, you know, I, I went back and I, and I worked on that. You know what I mean? So now, but he is a pressure fighter. He does come forward. He is going to bring it. He's not going to stop coming. Like. That, that those those similarities are there, you know what I mean. So now it's just a matter of of how I handle it this time. And one thing I must say that um, I believe you've got like a six inch um, reach advantage, which which is a fantastic thing to have going into a fight like this. Now I must ask you, Gerald, you're going to be 37 years of age in April. Um, you did turn to the sport pretty late on, so you're not a typical 36 year old boxer with loads and loads of miles on the clock, but. If you were yeah. to, to to come out of this fight without the victory, would it be a very very tough road for you to come back from that? Uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not thinking about that right now. What I'm thinking about is everything that I've done to this moment. You know, what I mean, is is to win this fight and to move forward. You know, what I mean, I'm not I'm not thinking about anything else as on the other side. That like I I, I was thinking about uh, the Rocky. But there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. I don't want to. I don't. Everything that I've put in, all the work that I put in, and I'm working very, very hard. I'm gonna lay it all out on the line on January 26 for for my career, for my life. You know, what I mean, this 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 fight means the world to me, and uh, into my career. You know, what I mean, I I I plan on putting it all on the line, and I have to do it on that day.
I, I'm not looking forward. I'm not looking forward to anything until I get past that, and I have to do it. And I want to get your prediction for the fight, if I can, Gerald. Do you have one for us at all that you can share? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be, the the type of the, the style matchup that it is. I, I definitely think it's going to be a stoppage, a, a, a stoppage victory. You know, I, I'm I'm coming in there, I'm coming in there to work, but uh, I, I'm going to take it as it comes. You know, I'm going to go in there and, and work, and if the opportunity presents itself, then I'm going to go, then I'm going to get him out of there. You know what I mean? But but I know he's coming to fight, and that that makes for an action fight. And my last proper question for you, Gerald, is if we do get to see the rematch between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury happen in 2019, um, who would you have coming out victorious should there not be another draw? Uh, for the most part, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for Deontay Wilder. You know what I mean? He's an American, he's the American heavyweight champion. Uh but I think he has more of the adjustments to make in the fight. Tyson Fury is going to be a more confident fighter. He'll be he'll be in better conditioning and, and better condition, uh, you know, and better physically. But um, man, Deontay Wilder has the punch, man, and he landed it two times. You know what I mean? That that's not that's not an easy task what Tyson Fury did to get up off the canvas like that. That I I give him uh, loads of credit for for what he did that night. But but. I don't know to make it through 24 rounds without getting without getting caught, you know, by 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 the guy that likes it, that can let it go, Deontay Wilder. That's going to be a tall task, you know. Like same same thing again. Uh, if if it goes to a, to to a decision, Tyson Fury, and, and if not, you know, Deontay Wilder with the knockout. And finally, Gerald, just before we let you go, have you got any closing words for your UK fans? I know you've got a bunch of them over here that support you. Oh, I'm just looking forward to doing my thing here on January 26th. And then, uh, you know, once I move move, move forward and move uh, up in my career, you know, I look forward to coming over across to that side and, and, and perhaps fighting some of your guys' champions and some of your, your guys' fighters. You guys have a bunch of fighters over there, and it's hot right now. I'd love to come over there and mix it up with those guys as well. Absolutely. Listen, Gerald, I'd like to wish you the very best for the 26th. Thank you for talking to us once again. And like I say, best of luck. We will catch up sometime after the fight, my friend. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good one. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. Once again, this will not take too long whatsoever. We're going to discuss now the preview part of the show as per usual. And of course, we did the news earlier on in the show. Um, Yeah, let's start with the preview part. Like I say, we're going to start at the Stage Works, which is a a venue in Louisiana, USA. This one's going to be shown on Showtime. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's also on Box Nation tomorrow night. Um, We will see topping the bill, Devin Haney. He's actually promoting in the show also he's a friend of the show 20 and 0 a real hot prospect he's in a 10 rounder against a guy called Zosani Undongani I could be saying that wrong but he has a record of 25 and 0 so somebody's own must go here um, this guy Undongani he is a South African fighter he's known as the Wasp so it will be quite interesting um, it's not for a title despite um, Ndongani, I believe he's the WBF world champion, which again doesn't really uh, mean too much when you're talking about the the top four sanctioning bodies in boxing. Um, but yeah, it's a good it's, it's a good step there for Devin Haney once again, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm all for that one. On the undercard, we've got Dominic Wade, 18 and one. He hasn't fought since his sole loss to Golovkin. I think that was. Um, that was a little while ago. I think that was a couple of years back now. 
Um, it was back in 2016, in, in, in April, so almost three years out of the ring. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he has left. Um, you know, we didn't ever see too much from Dominic Wade, but to be out of the ring for three years, I'm not quite sure why it took him so long to get back in a ring, but he's in a six-rounder here, his opponent yet to be announced. Uh, moving out now to Argentina, we have Fabian Maidana. Now, of course, everyone's talking about Marcos Maidana at the moment because there's so many rumours that he may be coming back to the sport of boxing. Um, I'd welcome him back, to be completely honest. I'm not quite sure he'll be able to make 147 or 140 ever again, but um, it will be an, an exciting um come back, should he come back, I know he's called out the likes of Amir Khan, Canelo and uh, Manny Pacquiao um, I'd like to see the Broner rematch but I think it all depends on what happens with Broner and Pacquiao you know, whoever wins out I guess or maybe the loser, will it still be interesting, maybe, maybe, but anyway back to what I was talking about here, Fabian Maidana, the brother of Marcos his record 16-0, I think he's also in the, in the top 10 rankings in one or two of the governing bodies he's got 12 knockouts so he's pretty pretty big of a puncher, just like Marcos. He takes on a guy here called Haider Pala, who's got a record of 32-2. and two. Of his two losses, one came to Dalis Perez, and one came to Takashi Uchiyama for a world title at Super Featherweight. So, um... Yeah, both of his both of his losses have come to good, um, good world level operators. So it'd be interesting to see here how Fabian Maidana gets on in the Estadio Polideportivo in Mar del Plata in Buenos Aires, Argentina. There's there's also a guy on this bill called Caesar Cuenca who has a record of 48 and two. It's another guy who made it to 48 and 0, and just as he was about to take that gallop and try and match Rocky Marciano's record, he came up short and he took his first loss and then he took another loss. So he's 48 and two. He was 48 and 0, but anyway, he gets in against Jonathan Eniz, who's 22 and 11 with one draw. That's a 10 rounder there, and like I say, Maidana's fight is a 10 rounder. Um, but that's really it for Argentina. Now the final bill to mention, it happens on Sunday, this Sunday at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles, California, USA. It's going to be shown on USA Fox Sports 1. Um, it's a good card in all honesty. There's a few decent fights to mention, but getting down to the big names... It's the return of Guillermo Rigondo. He hasn't been seen since the loss to Lomachenko. You know, he was a fantastic fighter, Rigondo, and rightly so. He was in lots and lots of top 10 pound-for-pound lists. And then we saw him take on Lomachenko. It was a fantastic performance by Lomachenko. But in my eyes, Lomachenko is such a great fighter that losing to him doesn't really mean much. So, you know, even though he lost to him and he didn't look great and he kind of seemed like he quit or whatever you want to say, you know... It doesn't mean that your career is over. And it didn't mean that he's not a great fighter. It doesn't mean that he's not a pound-for-pound fighter. Because, you know, Lomachenko seems to be in a league of his own. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've, I've got no problem with a guy even quitting against a top three pound-for-pound fighter in Lomachenko. You know, it's, it's out of him, Usyk and Crawford, surely, and everyone's top three. So if you lose to one of those guys, even if you're a pound-for-pound fighter, it doesn't mean that you're no longer a pound-for-pound fighter. Not in my book, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to... To see what he brings to the table. He's been out the ring for just over a year. I think it was December 2017 when he fought um, when he fought 
Lomachenko. So he gets in against a guy called Giovanni Delgado, who's 16 and 8. And of course, Rigondo, 17 and 1. That is an eight round contest there. And also on the bill, great fight this that's gone under the radar. The brother of Omar Figueroa, his name Brandon Figueroa, 17 and 0. He's in a 10 rounder against Moises Flores. Funny enough, a former opponent of Guillermo Rigondo. His record, 25 and 1. Um, he's the guy that actually fought. Um, Rigondo in that really weird fight where he kind of got hit after the bell and then he stayed down and Rigondo ended up, you know, possibly getting disqualified and Vic Draculich, the referee at the time, if my memory serves me correct, made a complete, complete mess of it and it ended up being a no contest after everything. But Moises Flores is a decent fighter. Like I say, 25-1. and one. The one loss came to Daniel Roman on points and he takes on Brandon Figueroa, a man that's very much on the up. Very, very tall for his weight, Figueroa, um, if I'm not mistaken. So that should be an interesting fight there. That's a big step up for Figueroa. He needs to to come through that if he's gonna you know amount to world titles anytime soon saying that he is only 22 years of age um that's a that's a big step up there it really is i, I need that to get the credit that it deserves and also topping the bill here for the ibf world super middleweight title we have jose uzcatagai 28 and 2 his first defense of the ibf title that james degal vacated in order of well, in order to not fight him, really. And he takes on Caleb Plant, 17 and oh, a very hungry, up and coming 26 year old. Um, you know, the thing about Uzkatagai, he's looked absolutely fantastic lately. He really has. And, you know, some people say that he's a nightmare for everyone. You know, some people forget about about the loss that he took to Korobov. I mean, Korobov has shown us the other week that he's still got a lot in the tank, despite being out of the ring for a long, long time. But Korobov was a good fighter, especially back in 2014 when he inflicted the first loss on Mr. Uzkatagai's record. So to me, you know, this is a good fight. I think Caleb Plant, when you look at his record, the best win for him is a win over um, a, a win over Porky Medina. And on one of the scorecards, he won every single round. You know, that wasn't the case when... James DeGaulle fought Medina, so that looks like a decent win to me. Um, that was earlier on this year in February. I mean, Medina has, since that James DeGaulle fight, added a few more miles to his clock. That loss that he took to Benavidez was quite devastating. But, um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a good win there to come off the Porky Medina the Porky Medina win and then jump in with Uz Uzkatagai. I think he's got a chance here, Caleb Plant. I think he has got a chance. I think he's got a fairly decent chin. I think he's quite tough. I think he's been in there with a couple of bangers that haven't really given him any problems. So, you know, it could be quite interesting. I think he's quite a polished boxer, Caleb Plant. But the thing is, Uzkatagai, you know, he has got that experience. He has shared the ring with better opposition over the years. You know, to take on Korobov four years ago, you know, that's, that's a world-level fighter right there. We saw that against Charlo the other week you know he's been mixing it at the top level for a while who's Katagai and Caleb Plant obviously has really had that one standout name which was Medina but yeah, that could be the undoing here. Um, I remember Uzkatagai when he took on Julius Jackson as well. He took his O, um, Julius Jackson, a friend of the show. I remember that one. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fight, but you'd have to you'd have to favour Uzkata guy going into this one. Uh, but that is really it for the reviewing and the previewing. Oh no, sorry, there was no reviewing. That is it for the previewing. That is it for the news. There's nothing else to discuss. We brought you the sole guest on this week's podcast. Next week we will be back to normal. There will be two guests, like usual. And like I say, sorry for everyone that um, that we brought just one guest to this week. Uh, last week, you know, the show was about an hour and ten minutes, just like normal. And this week it's been significantly shorter. So. If I've upset anyone with that, I apologize. We will be back to normal schedule next week. Until then, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you for keeping me company whilst Ayaz has been um, away. I mean, he's, he's actually not even in the country right now, and that's no lie. I'm not quite sure of his whereabouts. So pray for Ayaz once again. Thank you all for being with me, and I shall catch you all again next week.